You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women Podcast. This is episode number 273. I am your host, Noelle Tarr. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer. Stephanie Ruber, my every other episode co-host, and I will be going will be going over a lot of different things. We're going to be talking specifically about the relationship between high-intensity exercise and acne. That could probably be an entire episode. Uh, but we'll also be reviewing Shakeology and talking protein powders and then... Talking about stress-induced hair loss and what to do about it. This is a Himalaya podcast. Download the Himalaya app. It is the best podcast listening app. You will not be disappointed. And we've got bonus episodes for premium subscribers. This month, I released two episodes. That is what happens every single month. I sat down and had a really interesting conversation with Jacqueline about her Lyme disease diagnosis and what she did to heal. And then this week, I'm actually launching a chat with Steph, not the Steph here, not our Steph, but a different Steph about her experience as an Enneagram One, aka the perfectionist, and how that led to adrenal fatigue. I'm actually making a lot of different connections with personality types and what health conditions different personality types are susceptible to, and that's really been been cool. So um, these are amazing stories of people's health journeys, and, and I'm really enjoying them, and I know a lot of you are too. So, so you can subscribe to our premium feed in Himalaya and get our bonus episodes, ad-free listening, and then episodes a day early because, you, of course, you just can't wait. Who wants to wait until Tuesday? Um, before we jump in, I'm sure that many of you have seen a lot of talk in the last few weeks about meat shortages and unsafe working conditions for factory workers at large meat processing facilities. Um, the disruption is disturbing. I'm sure a lot of you have seen a lot about the food waste. The food waste is disturbing, and the entire just everything as a whole it's disturbing um i've been in contact with cody the ceo of grassroots farmers cooperative um because i'm a little nosy but also because i wanted to get his take on it all and know what he's doing with his farms and just kind of verify that everything's flowing normally and safely and i interviewed him on the show about sustainable agriculture episode 264 i will link to it in the show notes but i just have to say there's no better time to support small scale family farms and processors like grassroots co-op in fact doing so is crucial to creating a more resilient food system and reducing the risk of disruption and that is a quote from cody um grassroots co-op has always prioritized quality and safety even when that means being less efficient. In other words, not being able to mass produce meats. And this this mindset, that mindset that they operate on, is especially helpful in moments like these. So with Grassroots Co-op, you can order meat directly from all of these small-scale family farms in the U.S. without leaving your house. You just go to the website, you fill, you pack your box with gorgeous pasture-raised meats, and then it'll be delivered to your front door carefully, thoughtfully, 
and fast. Um, their animals are 100% pasture raised. They live happy lives completely outdoors, and every farm practices regenerative agriculture, which basically means they're reducing carbon emissions and replenishing the nutrients in the soil rather than depleting them. In my latest shipment, I got a couple of steaks, which my husband just cooked in the cast iron last night, and they were amazing. And it doesn't need a ton of seasoning. It's just good old salt and pepper, folks. And it's it's so tender and super good. So Grassroots Co-op is oper- offering our listeners $40 off your first box plus free shipping. The link to get that is grassrootscoopcoopcom slash well fed. My husband was listening to me record a little bit ago and he was like, so like grassroots, like that's like, you know, like four and a half fish pounds, depending like of, of free meat, four and a half pounds of ground meat for free. I was like, oh, way to go, Ken. So yes, it's free ground beef, $40 off plus free shipping. This is your first box. Again, the link is grassrootscoopcoop.com slash well fed. Hi, Stephanie. Hello. Have you mustered up any motivation? Any more newfound motivation to record? It's so hard for you to find words right now, and it's so uh, obvious to me. <laughs> Isn't that obvious? Only to me, and only because we recorded like six thousand podcast episodes together. I just, I'm, I'm so also. I understand what it's like to be in that zone where you're like, "What word do I say next?" Um, yes, mm. I'm doing well. <laughs> what word um, do I say next? I'm doing well. Uh, my motivation is. <laughs> I don't. Like, know. I don't even. I don't even. I don't even know how to like explain how low it is. <laughs> I'm glad I was honest with you. So before we started recording, I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I just want to sit and look and like online shop for nothing. Like I just want to like sit and like look at Target or something just stupid. Do you know what I mean? Like I just I don't. Yeah, not you just want to shut off. Yeah, I keep I keep thinking that I've bought everything that I could possibly want, <laughs> and then I think of something else, and I'm like so excited. Shame. <laughs> When I think of something I forgot, like we were at a bird seat <laughs> and and I was sitting outside like, oh my gosh, I need to check for bird seat again to see if it's back in stock. I was stoked. Yeah. what it, It's like we need the little dopamine hits. I oh. have 17 varieties of tea. <laughs> that was the wrong time to take a sip of my drink. Okay. So you just keep coming up with new, new things you need. What's your favorite? Well, actually, so you know how much I like, I have recently been espousing the wonders of coffee and I do love coffee so much, but coffee's like that toxic guy. I like can't stop texting, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So um, a week ago, yesterday, I defended my dissertation virtually here at Oxford. They were like, oh, you dressed up. Like there's this formal academic dress you have to wear. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. But I'm just like, you know, could have been wearing sweatpants. Nobody would have known. Anyway, defended my dissertation last week. But a week before it, I stopped sleeping. And I have the kind of stop sleeping. That's not like, oh, it took me 25 minutes to fall asleep. (laughs) I have the kind of stop sleeping that is, I literally did not sleep, right, for like three days in a row, and my dissertation defense is coming up, and 
I'm thinking it's just anxiety or being trapped in my studio box. (laughs) Thinking it's all these different things. And a friend of mine is like, hey, you're still drinking coffee, right? And I was like, crap. (laughs) I had to cut cut coffee out again. I started sleeping again. So, wow. um, Yeah. So anyway, I have a a lot of tea and I am a doctor. You're a doctor. I am a doctor. I kind of wanted to like insert in the music. Um, Beyonce, like who run the world, girls? But <laughs> girls, know, I can't say anymore. Otherwise, we'll we'll get charged. But um, <laughs> you're a doctor. I so I was surprised because not because you became a doctor. First of all, let that all set in. This is Doctor Stephanie Ruper, folks. Second of all, when I text you're like I have to do this tomorrow, but and I was like, hey, how'd it go? You're like they loved it with some explicitives in there. And then you're like, I'm a doctor. Like, I didn't realize it was going to be, like, that quick. Like, that quick of a turnout. I thought it'd be like, oh, now I have weeks to hear. But no, Mm. it was like, we love you. Congrats, you're a doctor. Yeah, basically. So, technically, at Oxford, they... Uh, you get, I do have corrections that I had to do, but I like added a couple of paragraphs and fixed typos, you know? So like Mm -hmm. the amount of changing I had to do was small and, uh, but they will tell you there's like a number of different ways you can pass, you know, and, uh, it's possible to pass without getting any corrections, but it's impossible to write a hundred thousand words without typos. So like (laughs) you're going to get corrections. So I got, um, what they call minor corrections, which means you pass, but like fix your typos and send it back to us. Um, And so when you know that, like technically, I mean, you don't have a document in hand, but they've already said you pass, just send this back. So people will, when they finish, if they pass with just minor corrections, will then say, I am a doctor, hooray. Um, Hmm. But the the great thing is that like people will often usually uh, go into a defense and spend the whole time getting grilled. And it's like, am I going to pass? Am I not going to pass? And it's very anxiety inducing. And, uh, you know, you sort of like get by on the skin of your teeth. But I walked in uh, or (laughs) clicked open chat on my browser. And they the first thing they said was, uh, we want you to know that we really like what you're doing. And we don't want you to try to defend yourself in this time. We're just going to use the hours we have to discuss, like, the interesting ideas we found in here and how we can help you, like, you know, publish it and stuff like that. So it went really well. There was one point at which um, my two examiners are two of, like, the foremost theological scholars in the world. And one was, like, when I said something, he said, wow, that's wonderful. I need to take that on board. I was like, oh, (laughs) And the other one gave me the best compliment I've ever gotten in my entire life, which is that I am theoretically careful, (laughs) which, you know, up up until this week, I actually, the only person who had ever read my work was my direct supervisor, right? Like the person who's been helping me all along. And I say these pretty out of the box things, and I do things that I consider to be pretty bold. And I was pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure that I, I... was smart about it, but there's also a possibility that these foremost theologians are going to read it and be like, what? <laughs> but they said it was careful and good, and it's just wonderful. <laughs> like, awesome. that's just such a wonderful feeling. So, I'm a, not only am I a doctor, but I'm a doctor with, like, good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> that's careful. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've been talking about 
that, like, I've been asking you really annoying questions for probably like two and a half years. I'm like, when do you do that again? Like, when is this all done? <laughs> yeah, I could drag Today, my feet no longer. It is yeah. done. Yeah, that's crazy. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of it. There was a lot around. And what are you a doctor of? Just in case we all need to know. Well, yeah. Uh, technically, my discipline is uh, religion. I'm a, technically a scholar of religion, but you can say philosophy and that like works as well. And a PhD is a doctor of philosophy. So I'm kind of a doctor of philosophy and philosophy, kind of. Wonderful. Or religion. Yeah. So there was obviously a, quite a bit of a... A ripple in the internet when this happened mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. on Facebook, on your Instagram, po- you posted in our Facebook group and I mean, just like everywhere. And you, there was like, it was like attention on Steph. And I kind of, in the back of my head, I was like, Ooh, I wonder how she's doing. Like not I, like, like in my head, I was like, okay, is she like celebratory right now? And like drinking it, like, it's just like pure, you know, euphoria or is she like, make it stop. So I, I messaged you on Skype and you were like, I am tired. You're, you're <laughs> sort of done. Talk to me about that experience. And like, when did you hit your limit of excitement? <laughs> Yeah, well, it would have gone differently if I had slept in the days leading up to my defense, but I did not. So I was completely emotionally exhausted. And I don't know, I've been doing a ton of I have this really serious problem. And I'm just, I want everybody who follows me to know this, that, like social media, I don't just dislike it. It gives me pretty serious anxiety, because I am sort of, I feel myself kind of, I'm, I'm deeply introverted. And I know when I say that, nobody here believes me, but like, it's so true. And I'm one of the most introverted personality types. And I just like, my emotional energy is always deeply needing to be replenished. So, um, <laughs> but I did, I did want to share this with people, you know, because there are a lot of people in my life that are you know, very important to me. And so I did, but then I had like hundreds of messages and here's my, my, a manifestation of my crippling problem. I can't go to sleep at night unless I've responded to every single person who's messaged me throughout the day. Oh no. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm addicted to this, like, we're like, I, I need to sort everything and make sure that everybody in my life is feeling cared for and seen and heard and how are you? And so not only did people say, you know, they say congratulations and to some I felt comfortable just saying thank you, but to many I felt like I had to talk about how wonderful they were and ask them how they were doing. And then like I initiated these like hundreds of conversations. <laughs> I'm just like, exhausted and dying. And every time somebody messages me and asks me how I'm doing, I want to like, I get so distressed. People are like, how are you? I'm like, please stop asking. <laughs> and I know that they're just showing that they care for me, but it's it's just the weirdest thing because I feel like I need to care for them when they're asking how they're caring for me. And I know mm-hmm. that that's just messed up in so many ways. So anyway, um, yeah, and then uh, it was just for a couple of days that was intense. Um, but this has elevated this region of my life as a point of growth for me. And I'm doing a lot of intentional thinking about it. And it's been really, I, my relationships are all incredibly stressful because I don't, like I'm always panicked that I need to fix them 
you know, and that's just, it's not healthy. So I'm very glad that I had that experience because now it has pushed me to spend some time thinking about how I can uh, fix that, fix that problem. And it's died off now. And it was wonderful to see, to realize that even as such a wretchedly introverted person, I've managed to build communities, you know, and really strong relationships. And that's such an enormous gift. Like that's one of the things that I'm most proud of in my life is learning how to be nice to people, but it's it's still stressful. (laughs) It's still stressful. (laughs) So that's, that's my week. Yeah, no, I can see that. And yeah, I mean, people definitely love you. Mm. You had a whole, you know how people are doing those I'm talking to everybody listening. You know how people do those? It's really big right now. Apparently, it's like a quarantine thing where there's like a bunch of pictures of people all put together. So say Mm. it's one picture square, but there's like 16 squares in it. And there's a person in each picture and they're holding a sign and it says something. 70s whole community, including your family, did a whole message to you congratulating you on becoming Dr. Ruper with your mom there at the end. Yes. So So that um, actually was posted in the middle of my defense. So they all marched with great confidence, assuming that I would pass. And it was organized by my best friend. I don't know if she wants me to call her out by name here, so I won't. But she's my ride or die uh, here in England. And it took such a huge amount of work for her mm-hmm. and everybody was so happy. But that, that night I had to like message everybody who was in the picture and be like, I thank knew, you so much. I <laughs> knew you were going to have to do this. See, it's like once that was posted, you're like, yay, but oh no, like now yep. I have to reach out to each person and be like, you're amazing. Yeah. Yes. Although every single one of them would not want me to do that. And I know that. Yeah. But I know that, but I still don't believe it, you know? <laughs> You know that problem? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, I do. That's interesting. See, yeah. It's, it's, I'm sure yeah. so many people can relate right now. Yep. Yeah. It it really goes back. It's really, it's interesting. It, it goes back to, it, I really feel like somebody needs to write a book on this. But your how your own personality type relates to what health, mental and emotional and physical health struggles that you're going to have. I got into this discussion with Melanie Avalon, who I had on a guest, as a guest on the podcast um, a little bit ago, but we were talking about specifically about Gretchen's, Rubens for tendencies, although I think this could be brilliantly discussed for the Enneagram. But with Gretchen Rubens for tendencies, you know, upholders will have their own challenges because they really do care about both their own expectations but outer expectations and then people like you and I who are questioners you know we care about our own inner expectations but don't necessarily care about outer expectations unless we decide that they're supposed to be cared about anyway it's just really an interesting way of thinking and of course rebels are going to have their own you know multitude of issues because they can't follow anything and um so I hadn't thought about how the implications of that for extroverted people versus introverted people when it Mm -hmm. comes to situations that you can't necessarily get out of (laughs) like big life events like for introverts you know things like college graduations and you know even like when you need to defend your dissertation like that can be really i would assume that could be really draining for like you know an introvert an introverted person um 
or as for me, that's like, you know, it's like fuel. I'm like, can I get in front of people? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> I know what you people are like. <laughs> I'm like, please keep complimenting me. Send me more messages. Like I would just, it would be great. But oh, I can understand. I, I buried myself in blankets and oh. a bottle of rosé. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're so into rosé now. <laughs> kind of. I think I'm falling out of it again, but that's okay. Um, yeah, so, I'll so, leave it at that. <laughs> so, so what now? Um, well, I am, I'll put it this way. I am working really hard to work hard. You know what I like again. I I told Noel before we got on this call. I made myself work till six thirty today and just stared at the clock the whole time. Mm. And for anybody here who knows me, quitting at six thirty would be so early for me in another day and age. And I just like it's it's anyway. It's very hard to work, but I'm not I'm not being too hard on myself because Mm -hmm. what what can you do? You know these are the conditions. Um, I do, however. Um, have a lot of stuff going on that's really interesting. Uh, I'm working on my next book about existential crises, and I think it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I I feel like everything that's happened, good and bad, uh, and I don't know. I just I I feel so much like I'm really in a good place to actually accomplish this huge thing that I want to accomplish, you know, changing the way that, you know, the secular West looks at sacredness, you know, like not a small goal, but, uh, but, but I think I can do it. So, uh, yeah, now I, now I just have to do it, you know, go forth and do good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Would you, shall we talk about health and nutrition and shakeology well-fed women yeah <laughs> oh yay yay we love talking about shakes okay question number one is from diana hi noelle and stephanie i'm a longtime listener of the podcast and i've gotten so much from following your journeys thank you for everything you do seven years ago i had hypothalamic amenorrhea lost my period for about a year over time i was able to get back to a healthy place with my diet and exercise and recover a regular menstrual cycle, but to my horror, raging hormonal acne came with it. I was a long-distance runner and striving for elite times. I knew there was probably a connection between my running and my acne, but I loved running too much to give it up. This past September, I finally decided to give up running cold turkey to see what happened to my skin. In less than two weeks, all of my acne was gone. It was like a miracle. I figured that my body was getting the chance to reset and rest that it didn't get for seven years ago, for seven years during my bout of hypothalamic amenorrhea. From September to January, I took a break from running and only did weight training, hit workouts, and walking. My skin stayed crystal clear. Thinking that January was enough time to give my body a break, I laced up my shoes again. I started with four miles a week and crossed my fingers. Almost instantly, my acne came back. Even though I kept my mileage low, it seems that any amount of running, even at a slow speed, brings my acne back. Did I not give my body enough time to recover? Do you have any suggestions for returning back to long distance running without causing spikes in my acne? Or will I always have to choose between running and clear skin? Any advice would make all of the difference. Thank you, Diana. It's very interesting. I'm very curious about what your HIIT workouts are like. Because 
Uh, four miles a week implies that you were running less than four miles at a time. So I would guess maybe you went out for two miles just to like see. I'm just going to hypothesize there, <laughs> just guess. And then it, that might that would take you definitely less than 20 minutes, even if you're, you know, as a, as a seasoned runner, if you're trying to run slow, 20 minutes. And are your HIIT workouts 20 minutes, right? Um, so what about those two things makes the running uh, acne problem and the HIIT workouts not? Uh, I actually want to throw out the possibility that the running, that maybe there's something to do with the running that doesn't have to do with your body, you know, like, um, I don't know, maybe you let your sweat dry on your skin, right? Perhaps that's a possibility. Um, perhaps is something about the you know, I don't know what kind of environment that you're running in, you know, or how it differs from your HIIT workouts. But those are just like a couple of things to consider. And I would really want to dial in on the differences there. Um, because the sustained duration of running, like, yes, can be a problem and can elevate your cortisol levels while you're running and maybe keep them elevated. But if you're just going out for a couple of miles, that's not going to elevate your cortisol levels or other kinds of endorphins any more than HIT. In fact, it would do it less, I would imagine, if your HIT workout is 20 minutes long. Um, so I'm actually a little bit stumped in terms of what could be so different other than something like that, or there's something that I'm you know, not quite understanding about the differences between your workouts. What do you think, my dear? I think we need more information, but I think one of the things that we get, so I know that you probably see this, and I'm actually interested in what you have seen with your own increase in workouts, because we obviously have the PCOS mm -hmm. piece of it, and, um, you know, we don't, we, obviously we don't know all the things, but that could be something that she could get tested for. But I tend to see people who are, really involved with like workouts um especially like when we talk about time and intensity so people who work out a lot <laughs> that's fair yeah <laughs> like people who work out a lot of time and a lot of intensity tend to have more acne and that yeah. is aggravated by higher levels of testosterone mm -hmm. so any kind of hormonal imbalance can potentially cause hormonal acne to flare up, but by far the most common imbalance that causes hormonal acne is the excess androgens. So I think that, I mean, excess androgens are always present in PCOS, but there are other causes. And then the most common cause is, it, this is just my opinion, is excess, of the excess androgens is, is high-intensity exercise. And... I think that you could be doing, high, like, we need more information about what kind of high intensity research she's doing. But I think that you have to consider um, overall time. Because if you're just doing really short, quick sprints, that's actually not going to tax you as much as, like, a four-mile run would in terms of, of, like, your hormonal imbalances. And this is, mm. so I, I would say if you're doing, like, really high-quality, short, high-intensity training, that's great. Once you maybe start to do, I don't know how, like, <laughs> I know you, like, I think it's all about perception, too. Like, sometimes we're like, well, I only, I ran slow, but if you were experiencing hypothalamic amenorrhea before, we know there was a massive imbalance there. We know that there was overtraining and undereating. There was some sort of energy imbalance. There was a hormonal imbalance. And so I do believe that 
taking you didn't take enough time off because your hormones are very sensitive and so obviously when you got right back into the running it triggered something we don't know what but it triggered something and so it could be you know the length is a trigger for you like the how much time you're working out it could just be the running in general but um i do think it's something to be aware of the, because excess androgens is really triggered by high intensity exercise prolonged stress and then, you know, typically under eating with all of that. It doesn't mm. have to be a combination of all three of those things, but it could be one of those things with a little bit of something else. So let's say you have the prolonged stress and you're just barely making it and then you added the running in and that triggered it. So I, I would wonder if when you added in the running, did you keep the high intensity workout in there? Were you still doing it? Was it like coming right off of that and you were like really feeling it and you went right back into it? Um, because I, it is definitely, in my opinion, it's a hormonal imbalance and it's likely caused by excess androgens. So you just have to figure that out and figure out where you're at and... I think it, it would definitely be worth it to get some hormonal testing done in this situation. And unfortunately, when we talk about stress and the impacts of stress, we have another question that just talks about like, you know, after, so I have all these impacts of stress and we, and you know, Steph and I, we, we hear this all the time with hypothalamic amenorrhea. People are like, well, I, I lost my period. Like, how long is it going to take to get back? And Unfortunately, the impacts of stress, it's not just like, okay, I took off for four months or I took off for five months and now I'm good. Like, it it can be a really long process. And I kind of equate it to, like, the whole pregnancy thing, too. It's funny because you take it takes nine months to grow this human and then women are like, well, I gave birth eight weeks ago. What, what am I not? Ba-? And it's like, it took you nine months to get there. It's going to take at least nine months for you to feel healthy, recovered, and like you're not hit by a truck and that you can get back into your workouts and feel like, oh, I got a little pop. I got I, I got this back. I got I got a little, you know, I feel good again. Um, and so it, if you didn't have your period for seven years, um, I think it's going to take a lot longer of just really reducing stress, not overdoing it, doing very minimal exercise and or restorative exercise, whether that's yoga, walking, doing a little tiny bit of if if you got your period back and you're feeling good, maybe you do like four 20 second sprints or something like that just to kind of feel good and see how you feel. But I, I do think it's still a sign that there is a hormonal imbalance. It's likely some sort of androgen issue. And it would be worth it to do hormonal testing, and it would be worth it to just dial it back again um, and also be keenly aware of your nutrition and make sure that you are eating sufficient calories and enough carbohydrate. Yeah, I um, I definitely agree, and I think it's worth saying that I definitely had my worst acne when I was exercising the most. <laughs> you know, that's a real thing. And I did a ton of research to try to nitpick the details of the literature and try to figure out like, is it because I have too many muscles or am I like not refeeding enough? And obviously I wasn't refeeding enough, you know, or is mm-hmm. it the cardio? Like I tried so hard to figure it out. Uh, but at the end of the day, I needed to eat more and chill. And I think, Noel, your point about like, I think the point is so well taken that readjusting takes time. Uh, Quick, uh, silly analogy, maybe like when I improved my skin, 
uh, it was many, it was a long time before I could eat dairy again. Like my skin was clear, but I couldn't eat dairy again. And then I could have like some kind of dairy. And then it was another couple years before I could have milk, right? So these things take, uh, they do take time. And I think your body is predisposed to probably elevate your testosterone levels to a kind of exercise that it's used to elevating them to, you know, maybe that's it as well, that it's sort of a, um, an easier biomechanical pathway for your body to follow because of your previous experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like hormonal acne is one of those really hard things because, um, hormones in general are really, like, there's so much involved, right? Like people start talking about gut health and they're like, wait, 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 I was talking about my hormones. So it's, you know, it's the gut, it's the liver, it's your stress, it's your adrenals, like everything is involved. And so you have to really hit it from all points. And I don't think it's as simple as, Oh, I go for a run and I get hormonal acne, but I think it that run that run or whatever it is, you know, that is part of that run, whether it's mental or physical, is definitely playing and disrupting that entire system. So, you know, adrenals impact your thyroid and your thyroid impacts your gut and your gut impacts everything your immune system. Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's just like it's this all everything is connected. And so, um and your gut impacts your mental health, you know, uh, your neurotransmitter function and production. And it, so it's unfortunately, it's like sometimes it's that one. So you, I'm trying to think of an analogy, but sometimes, you know, it's it's all these tiny, tiny little like peas or whatever that you're dropping on a leaf and you drop one and boom, the, the leaf falls. But it's not it wasn't necessarily that one last pea. It was just all of them in combination. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I came up with peas, but that was the smallest thing I could think of. Um, (laughs) sorry. If you feel like you are doing all the right things, yet you are still struggling with digestive issues like gas or bloating or just cramping or constipation, which is all very common, there's nothing to be ashamed about, start with a high-quality enzyme and try switching to a proteolytic probiotic. Here's the thing. Many people have digestive issues because they have undigested proteins. Any protein in your body that doesn't break down creates digestive distress, gas, bloating, constipation. And so using enzymes and a probiotic that can help break down some of those proteins can actually help resolve a lot of digestive issues. I have personally become such a big fan of Bioptimizers because they have done the research and built a company to help people fix their digestion. So if you've never tried enzymes before, give it a go. I recommend going with Masszymes. It is a full spectrum enzyme formula with five different kinds of protease, which is an enzyme that is the catalyst for the breakdown of protein. And then their probiotic, which is called P3OM, is a proteolytic probiotic, which means it digests protein. It is antiviral. It actually eliminates pathogens and waste and is maintainable in the human digestive system. That is huge. So many probiotics out there today are not actually maintainable in the human digestive system. So it's maybe why you're not experiencing any benefit from the probiotic that you're taking because it's not actually getting into your gut. So I would recommend giving both Masszymes and P3OM together a go. Both of those, the combination of the two, that will ensure that all of the protein that you consume is being broken down into absorbable amino acids and is not causing digestive distress. Use our code to get 10% off Go to buyoptimizers.com 
optimizers.com slash wellfed10. That's bioptimizers, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash wellfed10. You can also use the code wellfed10 to get 10% off all products. Moving on. Question. <laughs> Question number two is from Megan. I'm 34 years old and just gave birth to our fifth baby girl. This is my last baby and I have been getting back into all things fitness. I've dabbled with paleo in quotations, but mainly avoiding dairy because it bothers my stomach. If I eat too much gluten, I have problems, but if I limit it, I'm usually okay. I found counting macros is the best way to make sure I'm eating enough to maintain breastfeeding. With my fourth baby, I started Beachbody and used the 21-day fix containers, but it drastically cut my milk supply. I have to admit, I've been skinny fat most of my life and have not been very good at strength training. I've always been a runner because it's easy for me. I've been running only three days per week and mixing in yoga and some of the Beachbody on-demand workouts. My questions are, is yoga alone enough for strength training? Is Shakeology okay to consume as a protein powder? Or what are some good options for protein powders? I struggle with getting enough protein in a day because I'm not a huge meat egg eater. I like to make protein shakes for breakfast. Thanks. I love you both and your podcast. And I do have the link, I think. I will post it in here to the Shakeology ingredients. And we have touched on this lightly. Is that, are we going to be able to go to this? Hello. Um, okay, sorry. So it was, a, it was, it's an image, like a PDF, because they don't list the ingredients right on their website. So you have to like bring it. Of course up. not. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so we have talked about this before, but I figure it's just, you know, it's 2000, it's 2020. Why not bring it up again? Um, do you want to go first? It's fine. It's fine. I mean, um, so I did some digging and again, like, like any kind of special formula like this, you have to dig to find the ingredients. Um, it seems like the, I don't know, from what I can tell, the proteins in it are very typical for protein shakes, uh, whey protein isolate, you know, it's a protein. Chia, it's a propri- flax. It's a proprietary protein blend. Steph, jeez. Okay, so it's whey pea, <laughs> chia flax, whey pea, <laughs> yeah. whey pea. Speaking of peas, chia flax and quinoa, and then something I can't pronounce. Sacha inchi. All of the proteins. There you go. Yeah, and they don't tell you, you know, in what percentages and that sort of thing. So so far. Noel, didn't we just look at somebody's uh, drinky supplement thing and give it a p- pretty enthusiastic green light? What was that? I can't remember. It was a pre-workout shake, but it was basically, I don't think there was any protein in it. It was just basically adaptogens. and Yeah, and, and yeah. nice vitamins. It was, it was nice. It was yes. so like, yeah. you know, I'm not going to pan shakes. And this seems okay. Like, it's not going to hurt you, you know, like, I, I unless you unless you have a problem with any of those kinds of proteins. I, I do prefer to buy products from companies that tell me what they're putting in my product, like period. Like that's just something I'm into. Um, so, so like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be really excited about that and I wouldn't do Shakeology. Like I think it's going to rock my world. If again, like if they're not being transparent, why aren't they being transparent? You know? Um, and again, like from what I've, 
it, yeah, it seems like it's got vitamins in it and seems like its proteins are okay. Um, but that's the, that's about all I, that's about all I can say. I mean, if I can quickly make a recommendation, I think that the um, protein powders that Mark Sisson's company makes are really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to like stick to paleo ish stuff, uh, and they use uh, grass fed uh, powders as well. You know, they make sure that they source really high quality ingredients. So if you're concerned about quality, I, I would nudge you else in that direction. Um, but I, I don't know if Noelle, if you have other recommendations. Sure. I, I just have to give my two cents. The thing I don't love about Shakeology <laughs> and you can, whatever people, if you love Shakeology, you do you, but the, the, the leading thing that they go with is like the nutrients you need to help you lose weight. That is the lead. It is a weight. It is marketed as a weight loss product. And so yeah. a lot of it, that is what this is. And so a lot of the marketing and everything around it is centered on that. This is not like, hey, let's help you find a protein powder that you can incorporate because you don't like eating protein. And let's make sure it's got all the branch chain amino acids and boom. And you can, you know, eat whole foods and drink your protein shake. This is like, hey, you're going to get a bunch of nutrients to help you lose weight. And the thing that that I don't know about a lot of this, but I can make pretty accurate assumptions, is that the sourcing is not the best. So the sourcing on mm-hmm. all the protein powders, it's probably pretty cheap, even though they'd probably give it a lot of, they'd wrap it in a lot of good marketing language. But, you know, it's it's not sustainably sourced. It's not sourced from grass-fed um, animals in terms of the way it, it, it's got an antioxidant blend, which is, you know, green tea and pomegranate and all of the things okay it's also got adaptogens it's got a lot of like a random assortment and and that also makes me because i i just feel like you're throwing a bunch of adaptogens in different ratios which you don't know is right for me or not and i i would be i think adaptogens can be very powerful however i would rather you be careful with yep. with this like cocktail blend of like let's throw everything in there. I mean they have cordyceps, they have maca, they have ashwagandha, they have reishi. Mm. Which if you look at four sigmatic and you look at their mushroom elixirs, like cordyceps is for one thing, reishi is for another. Reishi is for calming and like you know mm-hmm. relaxation in the nighttime. Cordyceps is kind of your revive your morning thing, and it's like all thrown in there. And and so it's like like I just. And then it's like, oh, we've also got probiotic digestive enzymes. And uh, but what you know are those proven probiotics? Are do are are they maintainable through the digestive tract? Um, and then so so to me, it's like, okay, let's not even mention like the fact that it has organic cane sh- other ingredients, organic cane sugar, xanthan gum, natural flavors. Like then then it's like uh, stevia leaf, like all this extra stuff, right? Do I think you need it? No, I don't. Do I think it's going to help you lose weight? No. Um, that is just my personal take. That That's me looking at it through a very um, skeptical lens. If it works for you and you're drinking it and that's what you want to do, more power to you. I will say the protein powder. So Mark Sisson, yes, the, the um, what's his brand called? <laughs> I want to say Mark's Daily Apple. Uh, Primal, Primal Fuel? Kitchen. Primal Kitchen. Primal okay. Kitchen. Primal Kitchen. Yes. Um, they have a, a high-quality whey, which whey is typically what is recommended for people who are, like, lifting and, and really just want to follow up after, like, a hard-strength workout with a protein powder. You want to have a comprehensive full amino acid profile, 
all the branched chain amino acids, that's what's really going to help, you know, stimulate muscle growth. And, you know, it's like food for your muscles. Another option that I really like is a brand called Equip. It's EQ, um, UIP, just that. And it only has three ingredients and it is actually grass-fed beef protein isolate. Now, people are typically a little bit more meh about that because sometimes, like, it it's not it can't it could potentially not be like in a full amino acid profile but this is they've got all the amino acids all the branched chain amino acids and um and it, it's just simply grass-fed beef protein um cocoa powder and i think stevia and that's it and it does like as a part of that it actually has collagen like as a part of the protein powder blend it has collagen in it too i like that it's one scoop is 24 grams of protein like 100 calories, like if you're really just looking to to put some protein in your day, I would just do the 100% pure grass-fed beef protein. Um, they certify it as like from pasture-raised grass-fed cattle. It's got collagen. It's got gelatin. Let me see if they, I'm just looking on the Amazon listing. Paleo approved. Don't we all need that? Um, delicious taste. Tastes like brown, tastes like a fudgy brownie. Don't we all need that? So not, you know, and it's keto, keto, low carb. It's all the things, um, mostly just because it's basic. So when something something is pretty straightforward, there you go. Um, So that's the brand I'll link to in the show notes. I just found this on when I was Googling. Although I do remember when we were at PaleoFX, we were really, do you remember we were going around and we were looking at protein powders? <laughs> yes, I do. Somebody didn't somebody come after us and like try to get us to drink. Oh, maybe that was me and um Kristen. I can't remember. I just remember always being attacked by people and protein powders at Paleo Effects. But there were it was yeah. like Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a very worthwhile industry to step into, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think and that's that's your market. Important. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I yeah. I became aware of the grass-fed protein or the beef protein um, at Paleo Effects. And then, so, I and I like this brand. I really do. So, Equip is good. Although, I don't personally take it. Um, we don't, I don't do protein powders. So, maybe no, if me I... No, me neither. But maybe, maybe, maybe I should add it to my 17 teas. <laughs> <laughs> I did recently, speaking of um, adaptogens... I have purchased, okay, I've purchased a milk frother, as discussed (laughs) previously. Oh, yeah. I got one of the little wands where you, like, hit the button, it goes, like, spins. Yeah. Um, And now I've been buying latte powders. And I got one. that? uh, Like, they're mixes to make, like, fun lattes at home. Oh, okay. um, Yeah, so I have a bunch now. And I had one of them last night, and it was, like, sleepy time. And they said they had said it had uh, ashwagandha in it. And I was like, well, I know that's adaptogenic, but I've never taken it because you know me, I'm like a mm-hmm. delicate flower, right? Yeah. So I just had a little bit. And after 10 minutes, like my head was like hanging off to the side. And, like, <laughs> I, I was so tired. Yeah. Um, so anyway, just a word for adaptogens. They can be really powerful. And one more uh, thing, Noelle, your response to Shakeology was perfect and I adore you. I also want to read this little clip um, 
about Shakeology from their website. Is Shakeology organic? This is what they say. Since we globally source Shakeology ingredients, certifying every exotic ingredient is very complex. (laughs) However, the possibility of a completely organic Shakeology is being researched. Stay tuned. (laughs) I wonder how long it's been the status. Not an easy, but it's just, you know, they just throw everything in and are like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. Yeah, yeah. they're like, oh, well, we're recent. We're, we'll look into it. Yeah. <laughs> Very complex. Okay. <laughs> this is really hard. Yes, it is. Okay. Question number three is from Brooke. Hi, Noel and Steph. I have a question about hair loss. I know you've spoken about hair loss before, but I'm on re-listening to those podcasts. I seem to be within the scope of vitamin deficiencies and clear hormonal changes, i.e. post-pregnancy. So what if you're not deficient in any vitamins and blood work for hormones comes back completely normal? I'm 28. I've been noticing gradual thinning on the sides of my head for about a year now. I made the decision to quit hormonal birth control. Uh, Nuvering about six months ago after being on it for almost 10 years. At the same time, I switched from a very stressful job to something I enjoy a lot more. However, I have been to every doctor, GP, two dermatologists, and gyno, gotten blood work done, and everything has come back normal. One of the dermatologists believes this is androgenic alopecia, even though no one on either side of my family has it. Intelligen effluvium, which is stress-related hair loss. Yes, I looked that up, and yes, I got it right. Vitamin D, that was my comment. I had to look up how to pronounce that correctly. Um, Vitamin D and B12 levels were quite low. She says she received B12 shots for several months to get her levels back up. Um, I guess a follow-up question I have for you, too, is how long are the after effects of something stressful? Or if I was deficient in anything months ago, is that related to hair loss? Do I just have to wait longer for my body to bounce back? Doctor's instructions, she gives us a little bit of stuff. And I think what's important to note here is she does take biotin folate. So, like, the B vitamins are covered and D with K2, which is great. She also was encouraged to take Rogaine, but her um, <laughs> her doctor said she should take spironolactone or go back on hormonal birth control, even though her hormones are not an issue, which that is very frustrating for her, and I would be frustrated also. So, yeah, so I do really, really care. She says like nobody cares about the root cause of her hair loss. Thank you for writing in. We do care about the root cause. Um, I do. I have one major question looming, and I'm sorry because it's going to impact the way I manage to respond to this, which is how long have you been experiencing this? You know, what was mm-hmm. it? Oh, for about a year, for about a year now. And you came, you got off the pill about six months in. OK, so. I have theories. <laughs> uh, for one thing, yes, uh, it could be androgenic. When you come off the pill, right, you can go through a lot of hormone changes, uh, and that could definitely be a thing. You could be a little bit light. like the You could not even necessarily be high in male sex hormones, but if you're light on the, you know, quote, female ones, then that kind of imbalance can cause this kind of problem, you know, or any kind of latent PCOS that may have been hiding beneath the birth control could also be a thing, right? There may have been hormone issues that were under the surface, but they couldn't surface because of the birth control, and then uh, maybe it was getting worse, and you came off it, and now it's a lot more apparent that is a possibility, but I don't know. Um so it would definitely be worth, I know that you said you got a lot of 
stuff looked into in terms of your nutrients and you also went to a gynecologist. Um, we don't know what kind of hormone tests you got done, um, but looking into your testosterone and DHEAS levels when compared to your estrogen and progesterone could be um, quite fruitful and also worthwhile to take a look at your fasting insulin levels and the like um, to make sure that your blood sugar regulation is okay. Uh, the other thing that I want to run by you is the possibility, you know, you're looking at your B vitamins and your vitamin D, which is really important. Uh, but the birth control pill, I've got a blog post on my website that I highly recommend. I have it open right now and I'm using it to answer this question. Um, there, I love when I need to know something and I Google it and I like wrote the blog mm -hmm. on it a few years ago. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, the birth control pill by a number of different uh, mechanisms in the body will deplete nutrient stores and not just in the B vitamins and D, right? So uh, it inhibits the body's absorption of some super important minerals, minerals that I think are important for hair growth, including zinc, magnesium, and selenium, like big, very big. You know, your hair is kind of like, you know, it's got a lot of stuff in it, but minerals matter. So um, and the, the impacts are not small. You know, like pretty significant changes can happen to your levels of these vitamins because it simply inhibits absorption. Uh, so in terms of addressing like how long you may need to wait for these sorts of, you know, changes to be rectified for the if we're looking at different systems. One, if it's a nutrient deficiency, it will get rectified faster if you are supplementing. And also if you have good gut, gut health and you can, you know, properly absorb the nutrients that you're supplementing. Um, B, we're talking about hormone systems. So like testosterone and the birth control milieu, uh, that can, I would give that at least a year to even out um, before panicking about anything. And then of course, we're talking about, uh, what's the last one? Is it stress? Yes. Um, suffering from the after effects of stress. And similarly, that, that can take a very long time, but it's very dependent on how stressed you are now, on how well you eat, on how well you make sure you're being restful, um, and that sort of thing. So unfortunately, it's very context dependent. The more proactive you are about taking care, the better you can do. Um, but I think looking at these uh, other nutrient deficiencies that you're not addressing right now uh, could be very you know, could be very telling. And I would look into the, you know, the hormone profiles as well. I know you said everything came back normal, but, at, 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 you know, we don't know if the doctor shared your test results with you or like what was tested and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be, I hate being the Debbie Downer, but I'm like, but, but was it, um, so just because your uh -huh. doctor said like your hormones are normal, doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't a problem there, that there wasn't some sort of imbalance. Also different kind of testing, you know, sometimes blood testing is slightly inaccurate. That's why the Dutch test is a urine analysis and that's typically very accurate and it looks at a lot of things and it's very comprehensive. And so just because you got the everything is normal doesn't necessarily mean everything is normal. That could be a good or bad thing. That could be like, oh, there is actually something going on that's, you know, that you can fix. Um, but yeah, I, I, the only thing I'll add to that, I think that was beautiful and perfect because um, I'm sure you've listened to my podcast with, or you listened to the podcast with Dr. Brighton about um, post-birth control syndrome where, you know, the depletion of, um, nutrients from the pill can lead to a lot of issues, a lot of symptoms when women come off of the pill. And so um, I think zinc is huge and I think minerals are huge, especially like Stephanie was saying, when it comes to um, your hair. 
uh, if you can. I, I can't find the Seeking Health um, zinc lozenges right now because pandemic and everybody's bought them. So I've gotten the Life Extension brand. They make zinc lozenges. I would immediately start taking those. And then the Trace um, trace Mineral Drops. Um, that is going to be awesome for you. And I think I would add both of those supplements in ASAP. Um, but yeah, stress can definitely impact the hair. I just want to add to that and so that we can lay that to rest. I was actually doing a little bit of research to see what what the science said. And there's actually a research. Um, there are papers out there that are tit- titled Cortisol-Induced Hair Growth Disruption. So it's a very real thing. Um, and what, basically what happens is stress can push hair follicles into like kind of like a resting phase so that they don't produce new hair strands and then chronic cortisol affects the function and regeneration of that hair follicle and so it can reduce the synth- synthesis but then also degrade you know important skin elements so hair takes a long time to come back and i think that when that stuff happens you know your hair's falling out more easily growth is slowing like you're going to hit a point where it's going to be look really bad but you might be on the upswing um and so yeah it might take a little bit more time i think it's definitely worth it to i I would also look at your vitamin a and e intake um i also found a little bit of research that said vitamin e taken orally actually led to improved hair growth um so you could try that vitamin c is really important for the production of collagen with hair so you i would try taking that lipospheric vitamin c it's starting to come back into stock right now um and then speaking of collagen you can try collagen peptides and and see if that helps um alopecia it's interesting that you got both diagnoses diagnoses because when i was looking at when i've in the past when i've researched hair loss everybody always talks about alopecia but that but then they also talk about the secondary stress induced as a separate issue so alopecia is 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 an autoimmune it's it's an autoimmune disease it's when your body attacks your hair follicles but then stress induced hair loss like it's interesting that he's like well you have both so i kind of feel like i'm like wait what but (laughs) Which is it? Um, I don't know. It just mm. feels like, well, I'm just going to say you have both because that's the easiest thing to say. Whereas they both have very different co- root causes. And I would say, I mean, obviously stress is involved in autoimmune disease, but the uh, treatment of the auto, like an autoimmune mm-hmm. attack would be very different than just your stress. You need to take it. You need to take a chill pill and, and up your nutrients. And yeah, I mean, anyway, anyway, maybe it's not to them. So there you go there you go um anything else from you dr ruper Aww. <laughs> <laughs> nope <laughs> for more from dr ruper go to health to empower.com for more from me go to coconuts and kettlebells.com if you have long questions that you want to send to us you can send them to wellfedwomen at gmail.com if you want to get your question in um, maybe they're just short topics you'd like us to discuss and or you just want to ask the community what their thoughts are on your own personal questions. Join our Facebook group. It's called Well-Fed Women Holistic Health Community. You can search it in on Facebook and then um, send a request and we'll let you in because you're our people. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you next week.